It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. It was a grand weekend around the Big Ten as we head into the third week of the season. We're already seeing some favorites rise to the top, but are there surprises as well? Well, yes, there are. All that is ahead on the Big Baseball Podcast. Kyle Charters along with Drew Charters. We're in the comfy chairs. Yes. Here in the studio. Uh, I did see that, you know, over the weekend, of course, we're calling the Purdue games as we do and uh, doing it remotely. You've been complaining about the folding chairs that we have in my house. You brought in a lawn chair. Was the lawn chair better? Was it an improvement on Sunday? 100% better. I'm not putting up with it anymore. It's not even the chairs. It's the entire, like, hospitality. There's no – we had morning baseball two days in a row. Morning baseball with a time change. It felt like 7 a.m. And there were no donuts. I brought my own coffee. I had to bring I had my own coffee. chair. That's not true. Oh, that's – The coffee you're, you're right. thing is not true. I my coffee. refill was on you. Thank you. Appreciate the refill. <laughs> we tell the truth here on the Big Baseball Podcast. No lies. All right, uh, let's jump into this. On the show today, uh, speaking of surprises, his Northwestern team off to a really good start to the season. Spencer Allen in his sixth year as the head man of the Wildcats. We will talk to him today on the podcast. Really looking forward to catching up with Spence. Of course, uh, we go way back to his days as an assistant coach at Purdue. So excited to uh, to talk to the head man there of Northwestern after his team start 5-3 and three now on the season they were the big winners in far the uh, Grand Slam sweepstakes this weekend. Yeah. I mean, that was unbelievable. We'll get into that a little bit later. But three grannies in three innings to start off a game? Impossible. I mean, it does. It seems completely impossible. Your chance of winning the lottery has got to be better yeah. than being able to do that. But let's hit uh, a couple of topics today. Talk about those teams that are at the top of the Big Ten. We saw a lot of Michigan, Drew, this weekend, uh, ha- having seen the Wolverines play against Purdue. They sweep the Boilermakers. Man, I think that Michigan is is pretty good. I mean, yeah. that lineup one through nine is solid. There does not seem to be many weaknesses there. And then, you know, I don't know that their starting rotation has quite been as good as what we anticipated at the start of the season. But look, they're just bringing in dudes after dudes after dudes out of the bullpen. Every one of them's thrown in the mid nineties. Uh, Joe Pace, who doesn't pitch a whole lot struck out five in a row when he came into the game against Purdue. And I, I just feel like, you know, they've got a lot of depth there in that yeah. in that rotation in the, in the bullpen in particular with a lineup that's pretty good. I, I'm, I'm impressed with Eric Backage's crew. Yeah, I came in here after week one and said, yeah, it's Michigan. You know, nothing really stuck out to me as like just crazy good, but they won, you know, most of their games mm-hmm. and they're going to be at the top. I I have had a chance to watch them over the weekend, and it to me I get the feeling like this Michigan team is heating up. Yeah, and that seems like such a weird thing to say when a team is seven and one in the Big Ten, right? Or overall, I guess too. But um, <laughs> yeah. good point. Overall, that's weird to say. Yeah. That's weird to say too. <laughs> but you just get the feeling they're heating up. I think uh, with Michigan as as well as all the other teams, you mentioned the pitching. I I think when Big Ten teams get settled back into the three-game weekends, yeah. I think you're going to see some of this starting pitching sort of sort itself out and mm-hmm. guys step up and start pitching a little bit better than they are. Uh, I, I think you'll see that. And Griffin Mazur is the real deal, huh? Oh, he, yeah, he's good. You know, one of Michigan's concerns was finding somebody in the middle of that lineup to fill those gaps on offensively that they lost. Uh, from the last season, and Mazer certainly looks to fill that role. He has been 
come out hot a transfer from UC Irvine, and it just looks like he's here to stay. Yeah, I mean, when a guy comes to the plate, and we've seen a couple of guys like this, uh, well, lots of them over the years, uh, and a lot of them that played for Purdue, too, uh, that, you know, when they step into that box, you just feel like, how, how are you going to get this guy out? Yeah. I mean, you know, it just seems really difficult. And, uh, you know, he was in that category, I think, over the weekend, though Purdue did, you know, sort of quiet him a little bit over the last couple of days, which was good to see, certainly from a, a Boilermaker perspective. The other team that is impressed with some um, uh, roadblocks, what's the word I'm looking for, some hurdles to have to overcome, is Indiana. And, you know, the big hurdle, of course, was the the positive COVID test of um, Jeff Mercer over the weekend and having to delay that series against Penn State and then play the the back-to-back doubleheaders. But Indiana ends up sweeping the Nittany Lions and is also 7-1 and to start this series. And you mentioned it, I think last week, Indiana, maybe a, not a team that we're talking enough about at that point. We're going to talk about them a little bit today because, you know, they've played well at the start of this season. And when you lose your coach for a weekend and, you know, if you count the days out, it seems like Mercer won't be there for the Purdue series this weekend either. I mean, that's, um, you know, that's a little bit different. I mean, it's a, you know, you, you come to the ballpark expecting to, a certain feel and then having to, to overcome that a little bit, I think is impressive. Yeah, similar to Michigan, where you and I are going to get a chance to see IU for three games here this weekend as as Purdue goes down there. And I think we're going to come away with the same feeling as we have uh, for Michigan. I think IU is really good. You know, you look at their numbers. Offensively, they can rake it. Uh, they have a team ERA of 2.01. They're starting pitchers in McCade Brown, who we'll talk about a lot in this episode, I think, McKay Brown has an 064 earned run average. Tommy Summer has a 1.42 and Gabe Bierman has a 2.70. So I talk about when, you know, when we switch over to the three game series, when you've got those three yeah. guys going back to back to back, I mean, IU is going to be a tough out this year. Well, the question with IU was, was that pitching a little bit? And, you know, we knew that McKay Brown was talented and we'll, we'll get into him a little bit more here in a second, but the ball sort of went, you know, where's it going? Yeah. And he's got some of that mechanical stuff worked out. And if you've got a guy like that, um, you know, with that kind of talent at the top of your rotation and you get off to a good start every weekend, it, it certainly means a lot. Okay. So on the, the opposite side of things, uh, you know, there are teams that we thought um, would be a little bit better than what they're performing and, and are not yet. Now, I think that I, I do think there's something to be said for who you've played. Yes. In the first yeah. two weekends, because if you look at things like from a Purdue perspective, now Purdue is one and seven. They clearly have struggled out of the gate, not hitting the ball during the six game losing streak until they lost the seventh. They had scored, what, five runs in that six game span. Uh, they did score some runs on Sunday, but I think that they have played at least two of the top five teams in the Big Ten so far, probably. Yeah. I think you put Nebraska somewhere around fifth. Uh, Michigan in the top one or two. So, you know, is Purdue the best team in the Big Ten? No. Is it one in seven? Well, it is by record, but I do think Purdue has played some difficult opponents. Now, that said, they've got some things to work out, right. <laughs> too. I mean, you've got to be able to, to you know, drive runners home in, in critical situations. We haven't seen Purdue 
uh, be able to do that clearly by um, the numbers. They're actually their batting average is not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. They're just not driving home runs. Yeah, it's batting average with runners in scoring position. Yeah, the that's the number that's been uh, poor for Purdue. You know, Minnesota uh, has not been there either. Um, you know, just sort of slumping out of the gate here a little bit. Yeah, just a few teams that are just playing very poor on the offensive end. You're going back to to Purdue and touching on what you said about playing good teams. You know, they're com- Michigan. Pitching staff is second in the Big Ten in ERA. They're going to IU next weekend, who has the best ERA in the league. So it's not getting any easier for the Boilermakers as they travel south this weekend. But, yeah. uh, you know, Iowa team, I'm going to throw in there as well. Uh, you know, you had high hopes for Iowa going in. Um, and I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus here. I had high hopes for Maryland going in, and they're not playing particularly well yet either. Uh, but Iowa's just batting 197 as a team. With Minnesota, they've got Zach Rabe, who's leading the Big Ten in batting average at like 457 or something ridiculous. Maybe higher than that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. you take him away from that lineup, and Minnesota's team batting average drops all the way down to a 198. Yeah. So three teams here, just at least focusing on the offensive end, just aren't getting it done, uh, you know, scoring runs and, and hitting the baseball. And, you know, a, at least for, you know, Purdue – They've got a challenge ahead in IU and uh, turning that around quickly. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. You know, the other team that we put in the surprise category, and we'll talk more about Northwestern uh, after our conversation with Spencer Allen, but uh, they've been really good. That offense is outstanding for Northwestern. I mean, hitting, I think, 301. They've got a bunch of home runs. They hit all the grand slams. Uh, let's jump into that grand slam thing for just a the moment before <laughs> we break down the Wildcats uh, a little bit later. So they hit three grand slams in three innings. So let, I mean, we need like uh how many things have to happen? Yeah, could we get like a do we have a like stats and research? What do we got? I know it tied like an NCAA record, right? But I want to know I want to know the likelihood of this happening. Like literally tied? If, if, Who else did that? No, I I know, but if you like <laughs> if you like if we went out and bought a lottery ticket, right? What are the chances that we win the lottery buying a lottery ticket? What are the chances that you could get three different guys to hit grand slams in, in the first three innings of a game. I mean, it seems astronomically impossible. That's another layer to it for me. It was three different guys. Yeah. You know, oftentimes you'll see guys come out hot and hit a couple of home runs, two home runs in the first three innings or, you know, in the first couple at-bats, but three separate guys hit grand slams. That's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you have to get the bases loaded. You have to get on base. Everybody's got to get the bases loaded. And then you got to hit one. Yeah. You got to get a pitch to hit. Yeah. And they did three times. Yeah, you got to get a pitch to hit and then you got to have to hit it. I mean, that's that in itself is difficult. Occasionally you don't get a pitch to hit. Occasionally you do get a pitch to hit and you just miss it. On a field <laughs> that I don't know how many of those I don't know how many of those balls were hit over the replica green monster there yeah. at Floor Field, but on a on a field that is unique. You can't hit a home run. It, you're not hitting a home run into right center field there, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you just Absolutely. It's like 420, I think, to right center. To smoke the ball. Yeah. I mean, you cannot. It's hard to hit it that way. A big poppy hit home runs out there in the real Fenway, I guess. But he's big poppy. good player. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I'm not sure that you're just going out there and, and hitting the ball into right center. I mean, you can't hit it over the, the wall. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive, I think. And just uh, amazing to be able to do. Let's transition that then, Drew, and talk some awards for this week, Big Bat and and Big Arm. Um, 
Yeah, Northwestern just in general, right? I mean, it was impressive what they were able to do with the the Grand Slams. Um, Sean Gusenberg then add him to that mix. He hits a, a walk-off home run in the uh, the finale against Michigan State as Northwestern comes back to win that game. Yeah, three-run uh, home run. They yeah, they're, you know, they hit the, the three-run home run. They got a couple of runners on to start that inning with nobody out. I think it was a 1-1 pitch that he – he did knock it over, just yanked it over the, the green monster, if that's what they call it out there, or, or little green monster, or replica green monster, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so he was, uh, he was good, uh, and Northwestern just in general. We talked about Griffin Mazur, uh, had a home run, just knocked the ball around the yard. Uh, Grant Richardson, uh, another guy who hit a walk-off. Indiana trailed against Penn State, I think, in the first game on Sunday, 5-1. to one. They, played a, they played a seven-inning game. Uh, as the front end of both of those doubleheaders because they had to change the schedule. Uh, But he hits the walk-off after Indiana trailed 7-1. to He also had two doubles in that game. Ryan Hampy was 4-4 for for Illinois in game one of the Illini win at Minnesota. He also hit a home run. Uh, Jimmy Overtop, speaking of grand slams, he hit a grand slam against Purdue. Uh, We saw that in that Purdue game. Ben Nissel had a, a good weekend. He had a couple of homers. Get this. He has, Drew, now been a part of. Now, it's a little bit of a stretch in some ways because he just happened to be at the guy at the plate when Purdue yeah. cleared the bases on basically two pitches with a wild pitch, a pass ball, and then an error. Uh, but he was at the plate, so he has been involved in one way or the other in the last eight Purdue runs. Uh, so, you know, put him on the list as well. Uh, Benjamin Cowles for Maryland. The shortstop homered in three straight games over the weekend. I think he he homered on Friday and both games on Saturday and then did not. But I think he still had a good game on Sunday, but did not homer then in the game on Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and give this to Kusenberg. And I know that Richardson also had a walk-off and a good game in that contest. But we're going to sort of expand this. We don't really want to do this. We have rules. There are rules here. Barely. There are rules on this show. Our first rule is that if you're running a promotions department at one of your Big Ten schools and you run the dizzy bat race and the kid does not put his head on the bat and keep the other end of the bat still, we are calling you out on the radio. There are rules to dizzy bat. There are rules to dizzy bat. I mean, I'm tired of these promotions department not having rules. You've got to lay these things down. That's rule number one on our podcast, and we're going to call you out if we're at a location calling a Purdue game and you and you screw it up. Rule number one and the most important rule. It's really the actual, the only rule we have, and I've totally forgot even what I'm talking about. What's this? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, big bat. Uh, big bat. I have no idea where I was going with this. Uh, we're, we only give these things to one guy, but we're going to like break the rules a little bit here because it's not even really official. We only have one rule. It's the dizzy bat thing. Um, so Goosenberg and like, like the rest of his team. Because that was pretty impressive, uh, what those guys did. So we'll give it to him as the representative, but he had the walk-off as well. Okay, uh, that was an extended look at uh, Big Bat. What do you got for Big Arm? Uh, let's stick with Northwestern. Uh, they did have an outstanding uh, uh, pitcher on the mound, and Lavelle Quinn uh, got the win over Michigan State. Five innings, struck out six, just gave up a couple of hits and a run. Uh, Then we'll head over to Nebraska. A couple of guys, Cade Povich got the win against Ohio State. Six innings and 12 strikeouts. 
in that game. Chance Roach again pitched a game mm-hmm. uh, for the Cornhuskers. Got a win over Iowa, a shutout for nothing. They won that ball game. Chance went six innings, five hits, struck out seven, and walked one. Trenton Wallace for Iowa, a guy who we uh, felt like for the Hawkeyes needed to step up on the mound and offensively, really, uh, a two-way player for the Hawkeyes. Pitched well, another shutout, 4 nothing over Ohio State. Six innings for Wallace, a couple of hits, ten strikeouts. Have we ever, Kyle? Mm. I don't remember this. We could look back. We're stats and research. We need stats and research. <laughs> this is a problem. Yeah. Uh, have we ever given big arm or big bat to the same person I, two weeks in a row? I don't think we have. We are this week, so we're breaking well, another rule. Well, that wasn't really an established kind of. rule, though. McCade Brown, unbelievable for Indiana, gets the shutout victory over Penn State. Seven innings pitched, no hitter, did yeah. not have a hit, couple of walks, and struck out 16. That's not batters. bad. You know, he wait, wait, walked. wait. He struck out 16 in seven innings? Seven innings. Let me do the he math walked, here real quick. That's, there's only 21 outs total. He walked the first two batters of the ball game, struck out 13 of the next 15 batters. Holy smokes. So he, he has 16 to get of 21. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, you got to give it to him two weeks in a row. I don't think you can avoid it. That is excellent. Uh, I didn't realize it was over seven innings. I missed that. Seven innings. Pretty incredible. Uh, so congratulations to him and our award winners, I'm sure. Everyone is thrilled. Uh, but, yeah, the busy bat thing. Seriously, people, get this stuff right. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to the six-year head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats uh, about his team's big weekend. Spencer Allen coming up on the podcast. That's next. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Excited to bring in old friend Spencer Allen, the head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats. Now in his sixth season up there in Evanston. Man, it seems hard to believe, Spence, that it's been uh, six years now that you've been the the head man in charge of the Wildcats. But uh, time does fly, I suppose. And and you've got to be having fun, I would imagine, as well, especially coming off the weekend that you guys had. Yeah, Kyle, hey, thanks for having me. Um, Yes, time does fly. And uh, had a good time this this weekend and and just really enjoyed my time uh, here in the Big Ten and and here uh, at Northwestern. So let's go back to to Friday night. I mean, that's incredible what you guys did in the opener against the Spartans with the three grand slams in the first three innings of the game. I don't know that I've ever seen such a thing, and I've been watching baseball for a long time, but the the – I mean, you might have a better chance of winning the lottery than hitting three grand slams <laughs> in three innings, I think, just because – just to, to get the chance to do it and then have guys come through and do it, I mean, that's, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and, and that's really it. I mean, and anytime you have something like that, you, you look to the guys before that had the great at-bats and, and, and you know, found a, a, a walk or, you know, beat out an infield hit and, yeah. um, you know, and, and then just having, having those opportunities. You know, the, the ironic thing is we, we spent all week because we, we watched the last week's Maryland-Michigan uh, State series, and we, we kind of thought, ah, at night the ball might not be carrying well. And so that was kind of the, the inside joke in the dugout is this ball coach coach ball's not flying too good today. You know, they, they, they were, 
they were giving me a hard time uh, with our preparation. But yeah, yeah, what was fun and proud of those guys that had a chance to, you know, to to hit those those home runs. Baseball is often fun. Uh, it's a, a particularly fun, I think, when something like that happens. How much fun are you guys, you know, having at the start of this season, being five and three and and you know playing well? Uh, maybe you're not exceeding your own expectations, but you know, I think you're exceeding a lot of others because you're up there in the top half of the Big Ten, and I think. Uh, based on the way you play it, I think you're showing people, you know, that you might be there to stay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think first off, I think all of us coaches just in general have a, an overall gratitude to, to be playing the game, seeing how it could be taken away so quickly. And then, yeah, I think anytime when you're, um, you know, I, I don't even want to say clicking on all cylinders, but, but when you, you know, coming off this past weekend, feel like that, that you, you played pretty good. Um, you, you, you get four starts that you're, um, you know, happy with and, and had a chance to, to, to hit the ball like, like we're, we're capable of. Um, it, it does make it fun, and, and the guys are, are enjoying it, enjoying traveling. Greenville, South Carolina, wow, sleeper city, really, really yeah. cool city, and, and, and obviously a great ballpark, so appreciate the, the Greenville drive for, for hosting us. Yeah. You mentioned just the gratitude in being able to play. It, it was a long off season you know, almost an entire year. Um, and, and, you know, it was right about right now that everything got shut down on us a year ago. Um, you know, what was that offseason like for you and, you know, preparing to, to play again at some point and then it, it finally arriving and getting here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you had um, guys a little bit in, in different spots, right? Some of our guys had an opportunity to play, actually play some summer ball. Um, you know, some didn't. They they just had had an, you know had a chance to train, and so I think we really we were all over the spectrum. Guys that were working, you know, physically and mentally to try for for this you know opportunity that that's coming up this this season, and and then you had some guys that actually really made some some great jumps, and you know, a guy like Anthony Colarco who really had a good summer and now is starting to uh, kind of carry that over. Um, it, it's just great. And actually, we, we had some incoming guys, um, some incoming first-year kids who had a chance to go play, and uh, Ethan O'Donnell, Vince Bianchina, and, and Bennett Grable, and all of them are, are helping us right now. So that, that's just been, um, you know, a couple of the success stories, you know, coming from the offseason. Yeah. Did you know you were going to hit this well this year as a team? I mean, we know about the Grand Slams. They get, you know, a lot of the highlights, and we knew Sean Gusenberg was going to – to hit this year for you. He had the walk-off uh, on Sunday. And, you know, David Dunn, we, we know, is going to be able to, to hit the ball a little bit. But you look at your numbers, and through the first couple of weeks, hitting 301 as a team, I think you've got nine home runs. And it's not like you're facing bad pitching. I mean, Michigan State, a week before, held Maryland, who we know is going to be a good hitting team, to, I think, a 200 average. And, um, but you guys are really raking it. <laughs> Right now, did you have a feeling that this would be as good a hitting team as what it has proven to be? Well, we 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 knew we had the the potential, right? And and at at some point, uh, every one of these guys in in the lineup has has done it. I, I think every one of us uh, coaches, really, and probably in college baseball, the 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 mystery word, right, or what we're all looking for is that consistency. And and I think yeah. that that's where. Um, you know, at least through the first eight games, we feel like, uh, besides one, you know, uh, Penn State's uh, D's really, our game one really uh, pitch well. And, and, but, but from then on, we, I feel like we, we've had a pretty good approach and guys have, have swung the bat well. So knew we had the potential and, and we've got a long way to go. And there's some really good arms in this league. So we got to stick with it. <laughs> yeah. 
No doubt about it. And it's a long season, uh, you know, yeah. eight games, eight games through 44 yep. in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, it will be uh, more of a marathon, as they say, than a sprint. You mentioned some of the new guys, but some of those new guys are really contributing big for you. We, I, I mentioned some of the names that I know a little bit better, you know, the Dunst, the, the Goosenbergs, and, and some of those guys. But you do have some others who, you know, have come in right away and, and filled in some holes for you. Yeah, you know, uh, Vince Bianchina, I've really been impressed with him. He, he's played second base for us um, all, all four, uh, or excuse me, all eight games. And um, yeah, I, I've just been impressed. I mean, at the plate, he, he's, he's been great and, and um, really carried us that, that first weekend, but, but really more so in the field. You know, sometimes, you know, second base can be a little bit of a tough transition uh, position. M most kids that we recruit come, you know, they play shortstop and he's just done a great job with the bunk game. He, he is never really sped up, uh, at least to this point. And so just really happy with his, um, you know, maturity. We, we've had two guys out of the bullpen too, Garrett Beckley, uh, who, who got a, a win and a save this weekend. Um, has, again, has just been consistent, you know, what he's done inside. Um, he's carried that over and has just really given us gave us the opportunity yesterday to come back and win um, and, you know, got, got the save pitching, you know, those the outs, you know, 25, 26 and 27, those are tough, you know, and, and for, for a freshman to come in and do that, uh, just, just been really uh, happy with, with his, uh, his consistency. Yeah. You know, in, in your sixth season now at, at Northwestern, you, you feel like you've, establish the program at least from a recruiting point of view to you know get the kind of guys in that you're hoping to get in I mean you know obviously you, you know you've been a recruiter and a really good recruiter um in the Big Ten and, and other places you know Purdue and Illinois and then elsewhere in your career also um now established though in in Evanston are you getting the kind of guys and you know to the point where you can play the, the style of baseball that, that you want to be able to play and then build a you know, a team that's a consistent winner in this league, which is a difficult thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I guess the answer is yes. Uh, happy with where we're at. I, I think a, a lot of credit, um, and I know coach, head coaches say this <laughs> a lot, but a <laughs> lot of credit goes to Josh Reynolds and, and Dusty Napoleon. Just, um, you know, having the patience when we need to have patience. You know, uh, Sean Gusenberg was, was a, a later sign in, in, in the process. Um, being able to, to go early when we need to go early in the recruiting process, Anthony Calarco, and, and just everything in between, all, all the um, uh, working the, the academic side of things, understanding who's going to fit. And then the biggest thing, too, I, I give credit uh, to the players. We always challenge them a, a day after they sign. We say, guys, listen, <laughs> you know, you, we are going to need you and you're going to need, need to be ready to play. Yeah. Um, and, and, and credit goes to them because they have shown up ready to play. Uh, and that's just not easy. That, that's such a hard transition. Um, I, I remember it as a player and, and these guys just hats off to them. Um, the staff, number one of, of recognizing what's going to fit, what's going to help us. And then to the players just showing up ready to, to do it. Yeah. What's your biggest sales pitch at, at, Northwestern. I know, you know, when you were at Purdue, you sort of had to hide the facility that was, you know, Lambert Field a little bit. Of course, here, you know, we don't have to do that with Alexander, obviously. And, you know, at Northwestern, you don't have to do that anymore because it's a it's a really nice place now up there. But what's your big sales pitch? I, I think that, you know, the, the, the pitch really, Kyle, is, is just that you can get the best of both worlds, right? You can get a first class education. 
right? Um, a top nine, I think it's top nine in, in, in the in the country. Uh, and then you could still play at a really high level. And, and we've made it really clear that we want guys that want to play professionally, right? That aspire to play professionally. And, um, you know, I, I think we, we have that. And, and again, it, it, kudos and hats off to, to our players uh, because we the players on our team, you know, some of them, right, 50-year type guys that uh, they've really changed the culture and established the culture. Uh, guys like Hank Christie, you know, Leo Kaplan, who's here for his fifth mm -hmm. year, Sam Lawrence, those guys have really led. And, and when they were, were freshmen, you know, in, in 2017, they played a big part in us, you know, moving on um, to the Big Ten tournament and, and being a game away. Uh, and, and they want to get back. Um, and obviously, no tournament this year, so a chance you, you got to you got to put a resume together where the NCAA says, Hey, you're one of the top 64 teams in the country. And that's, you know, that's our goal. We've talked a lot about your hitting, but those guys, especially at the top of your rotation are doing a really good job of, of giving you opportunities um, to get these victories, right? Yeah. M Michael Doherty, uh, just outstanding. You know, he, he would say his first outing was just kind of blah, um, but, but he really uh, accepted the challenge and, and came in ready to go this, this weekend and just, uh, pitched, pitched really, really well. He got his ground balls and, and defense played well behind him. Uh, Quinn Lavelle, uh, we, we, we kind of needed, you know, we had a guy semi go down and Quinn really stepped up uh, and, and was back to his form. He's done that uh, for us uh, quite a bit. Um, and, and again, probably the one I'm, I'm most proud of, um, you know, Jack Dyke a, a week ago did not collect an out uh, mm -hmm. against, against Penn State. And, and you know, he – he came out of that game and, and after I let him cool off for about <laughs> 20 minutes, he, he just said, Hey, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better. And, you know, sometimes that can go both ways, right? You're trying too hard and, and now it, it snowballs and he just, you know, he was great. Got, got into the fifth for us and, and, uh, or got through five, I should say, and uh, just gave us a chance to, to come back. So um, was, was proud of, of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're competing for you. It does uh, definitely seems, that way. So what are you up to in the middle of these weeks now? And I've been asking, you know, we asked Jake Boss Jr. last week, um, yeah. you know, what are you, what are you doing now on Tuesdays and Wednesdays? Um, whereas, you know, maybe uh, you'd be playing a game and, and now you're not, you know, getting that opportunity. So are, are you guys, obviously you're practicing, but are you doing a little bit more than that uh, when the weather is nice and, and you get a chance to? Yeah, well, if I could, if I could change my, my camera right now and show you, you know, or, or get on camera, I should say, I, 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 I've got, uh, it's snowing right now yeah. uh, in, in Chicago, but, but no, uh, you know, what, so what we're doing really is, is just a lot of um, a preparation. I mean, it, it, it started, uh, you know, last Monday um, with, with Ben Scooter, you know, we, mm -hmm. we showed our guys and said, look, you know, here's, you know, trying to use what we felt Maryland did not uh, do a great job of, um, you know, felt like they chased up a little bit too much and we really need to push them down. So you're just really trying to set that game plan from an offensive side of it. Um, you know, it's funny. We, again, we talked la in the airport last night of, Hey, you know, normally we'd start having these midweek games. Do we need to, you know, have some hitters face pitchers? And um, so I, I think you're just trying to find that, that, that balance of, keeping guys going, especially when you're feeling good at the plate, but also, you know, keeping them healthy and, and, and then, you know, just, just making sure that you recover. And I think that that's a big one. It's, it's finals week for, for the guys this week as we're on the quarter system. 
So this will be a big week uh, of, of school for them. And then, you know, we, we've got our series with, with Minnesota, which is a Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. So um, all, all preparation, I guess, yeah. to sum it up in one word. Yeah. And some of those midweek games, too, were good for, uh, you know, depending on who the opponent was, good for seeing some younger guys and, and you know, getting yeah. guys out there to throw a little bit. So you'll have to probably do a little bit of that just on the side, which is not quite the same um, as, you know, seeing live batters or, or young guys seeing live, um, you know, pitchers. So you gotta, you gotta do your best to replicate that a little bit when you can. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and the first four, you know, first two weekends, I can say with the four game sets, yeah. you know, you, you, you get a little bit of that, but now, you know, we're, we're heading into some three game sets and, um, you know, that, that, those innings obviously go down, uh, you know, quite a bit and, um, which is going to be good. I mean, again, I think it's going to keep guys hungry. It's going to keep them, um, wanting to climb in that top, you know, eight pitching staff wise and, you know, top 10, uh, hitter hitting wise. So, um, it, it'll be good, but we'll definitely as coaches have to continue to find ways to keep guys sharp and keep them ready. You know, we talk a lot about uh, recruiting in a, you know, in a basketball and football sense. It's sort of what the last year has been like for, for those coaches with, you know, no summer camps or no AAU basketball or that sort of thing. Um, what has it been like, you know, as a, uh, as a major D1 baseball coach and, you know, maybe not being able to bring guys in or the same way or, or maybe not being able to have showcases in the same fashion that you've been able to have them before? I, I would imagine that you you watch some more film. You have to trust that schools' radar guns are are what they <laughs> are what they say they are, or you know you you trust guys that you've talked to before, recruited from before. But how do you manage that in a in a situation and in a sport that's already so challenging because you have you know just eleven point nine scholarships and you've got to figure out how to distribute those correctly and the draft and guys coming and going. So it just right. adds another layer of difficulty, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Kyle, I think the, the biggest thing we, we really tried to do is just lean on trusted um, resources, you know, guys that, yeah. that, you know, that they can go, hey, this guy kind of reminds me of Sean Gusenberg in this way. And I, I think that that's, that's really the biggest thing. Um, I, I think, and I think now being in the, in the sixth year too, uh, our quote-unquote resources are, are people out there uh, they, they know what's going to fit right they, they know that they, you know guys have to be able to take care of business off the field and and um, you know have at least a little bit of interest in in academics right so um, yeah so it, it, it I think that that's really what was was big obviously we used a lot of video used a lot of um, uh, video of our facilities and, and all those things just to, to, to highlight and showcase. And then we did a lot of zoom calls. Um, yeah. that was, that was something that was, um, obviously a little different, but it also provided an opportunity to get to know parents a little bit more. And, um, so we still have quite a few recruits who have not seen our facility, <laughs> which is, which is tough, but, but I think they, they're, they're pretty excited about their opportunities, uh, coming on in. Yeah. So you get back into the Big Ten again this weekend, of course, 44 uh, games in all this season. I, I, you know, what do you think will happen with that in terms of the NCAA tournament at the end of the year? Will it, will it work out okay for the Big Ten and, and sort of beating up on each other here for the next uh, couple of months and, and, you know, being able to get multiple bids um, into the tournament? I know – 
you know, like when you were at Purdue back in the day, it was a, it was a single, yeah. single, you know, bid. And I think that, you know, that 2011 team probably should have been, you know, right. in the NCAA tournament. It was probably good enough, but it was just a different era yep. back then. But, you know, will the league, you think, after beating up on each other here, be able to get uh, three, four, five, maybe more than that teams into the tournament? Yeah, and I think that we, we've talked about that, and, and I know other Big Ten coaches have talked about it. And ultimately, you know, we we can't um, we can't control that, you know. And, and so um, I, I just I hope to and 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 really feel that the just the, the history and the way that our, our league has trended um, that I think the committee is going to respect that and understand. Hey, they 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 want the best sixty four in there. Um, it, it's a goofy year. Um, you know, no, no one, no, no big 10. I mean, we all wanted to play. If you ask any coach, right. Every coach wants to play as many games as, as we can. Um, but you know, this is what's been dealt to us. And again, it goes back to that gratitude. We have an opportunity to play. Yeah. Uh, we have an opportunity to qualify for, for the, um, you know, for the tournament. And, and like I always, you know, I, I tell our guys all the time when it comes to playing time, you know, make it obvious. Right. And, and if you make it obvious, um, you know, the, the committee, they're, they're not going to uh, penalize us, or, you know, us or any other Big Ten team. Yeah. So that's, that's just the goal. We, we want to make it obvious that we're one of the top 64. So Drew and I were talking about this last week or the week before. What's the magic number for winning the Big Ten? Ooh. What's the we, – we thought – I mean, is it 30? Do you have to win – you have to go 30? And, I mean, that, I seems like a, that seems like a lot. Is it 28? I, oh. I mean, it, it's just hard, I think, to, to know for sure because, I, you know, there are a number of teams that are going to battle at the top. And, yeah. um, you know, it feels like they're going to beat each other up a little bit in a long season. I think it's hard to figure out exactly where that, that number is. I, I know. And, and I, I couldn't even I, – I think you're, you're, you're pretty close right there, uh, Kyle. I, I think if you're – you know, heading into that last weekend and you're sitting at, you know, 25, 26 wins. I, I think, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're in the hunt, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're definitely in, in the hunt and, and that's, uh, but, but yeah, you, I mean, it, it, it's such a, such an odd year. There's no precedent set. So it's just really tough to, uh, to know what that, that magic number is. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll be right there still uh, come the end of the season and, and right there around 25, 26 wins entering that last weekend. And, and be in the hunt. You've certainly put yourself in a position to uh, to be there. And unfortunately, uh, usually I'd be traveling and would have been down there in Greenville and gotten a chance to see you in person uh, because of the circumstances, of course, calling the games yeah. remotely. But you will be uh, at Purdue in a, what, a, a couple months, right, toward the yeah. end of the season. So we'll be able to catch up uh, in person there because um, I will be in Alexander, so that'll be nice. So, oh, hey, it's, it's great catching up with you. Best of luck uh, in, in Minneapolis this weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, Kyle, th thanks for having me, man. Always great to, to see you and, and look forward to catching you in, in May uh, on a nice, warm, sunny day. Yeah. <laughs> at, at, uh, okay, t yeah. take care now. All right, thanks a lot. That's Spencer Allen in his sixth year with Northwestern. We'll take a break. Be back with more on the Big Baseball Podcast. Thanks once again to Spencer Allen for coming on the program, the six-year head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats. Let's pick up the weekend rotation, Drew, and talk a little bit about the Wildcats. You know, we know about guys like David Dunn and Sean Gusenberg, and, you know, we talked to uh, Spence a little bit about some of his other guys. I, I do have a feeling this is a Northwestern team 
that's going to be able to keep it up offensively. I, I think that they, it can hit the ball. And I, you know, I don't know that it's going to be a team that competes to win the Big Ten. But I'll be interested to see where it wraps up the season uh, a little bit and, and if it can be in the conversation. The interesting thing about in the conversation for an NCAA tournament is we just don't, it's just so many unknowns. You know, will 500, if you finish 500 this year in the Big Ten, and this is going to be off topic a little bit from what we were talking about, let's, but let's go here. If you finish 500, so 22 and 22, are you in the conversation? To make the NCAA tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my initial reaction is no. Yeah. The Big Ten's not... It's Big Ten's a fine conference. Yeah, but it's but got... It, it got last, time, last uh, tournament got five teams in. But when you're but they're all playing non-conference games. When yeah. you're Michigan a couple of years ago and you've got a... You've got a... Oh, I'm sort of making this up based off of very vague memory, but you've got a win against UCLA early in the season... Yeah. That helps. Yeah. Now you're playing all conference games, you know, all against the Big Ten, which you, you just know, beat it. Na- nationally, the Big Ten's not. Well, it's gotten better. Auto- it's the gotten, perception, certainly the perception gotten better. and the play has gotten better. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, um, Spencer Allen did say, you know, that he hopes, he hopes that the reputation of the Big Ten here recently will in the committee's eyes, will help in maybe not necessarily a 500 team, but help in getting more teams in from the Big Ten despite some unusual circumstances. So I don't know. I think that'll be something interesting to watch, though. I mean, is a, is a five, and it probably depends a little bit on who you beat. Um, you know, you, you could be 500, and, you know, depending on how the schedule lays out, maybe not, yeah. you know, have any huge victories in there. I think you probably have to be a couple of games above 500 to really have a legitimate chance, That's but it's an interesting, too. it's an interesting uh, topic. But Northwestern might, uh, you know, might be there. They've got a chance here to, you know, to keep things rolling a little bit early on in this season, and and we'll see if his crew's able to do so. Well, you know, they got three guys batting over four hundred right now. Yeah. So offensively, yeah. leading the team in the Big Ten, um, hitting three hundred one as a team, which is significantly better than anyone else. Yeah, you talk about David Dunn, who you know has been at the tops of that the leaderboard in Big Ten average. For the past couple of years, but you know they've got this. I guess you would call him a sophomore, but he was a freshman last season. Stephen Rushjik, who's hitting over four hundred, mm-hmm. um, playing very well, and and then you know on the pitching side of things, now they haven't necessarily shown this. They're not playing terrible, but they haven't shown this this year. But Mike Doherty and T- Tyler Uberstein, you know, a lot of people think that they can stack up against just about anybody yeah. as a one-two pitch in the Big Ten. So. You know, Northwestern puts it all together here. They could uh, really do some damage. All right, a team that's thoroughly in the middle of the pack that we're not talking about. Um, I'm gonna. I'll go with Ohio State. You know, the Buckeyes are five and three. Did I steal yours? Did I steal? Oh, no. What, are you okay over there? What are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? You're like rolling your eyes. I have to talk about my team that I picked to win the Big Ten who's not doing very well for me right now. Don't roll your eyes at me over there. How through can our see, screen. How can you even see me through the plastic? Uh, Ohio State, <laughs> five and, they're 5-3. Five and three. The Buckeyes are 5 and, What's interesting about Ohio State being 5-3 and three is that the pitching that we talk so much about in the preseason has just not been very good. It's, it's interesting. I mean, Seth Lonsway, 
Two starts, he's only gone eight and two-thirds innings. He's given up seven runs. His ERA is 7.27. Garrett Burhan, 0-1, 6.55, and two starts, 11 innings. Will Finnig, the same, 7.71. Only gone nine and a third innings in his two starts. I mean, if you're five and three and you're you're the best part of your team, the weekend rotation hasn't pitched very well. Yeah. I, I think it both there's no chance that those guys will continue to flounder around there. They're going to get it together at some point. Just they've got off to a slow start, but your team has won five of its eight games. I think that probably bodes well for Ohio State. I think it's a team that's sort of maybe lurking there. Uh, they will take on, what, Rutgers this weekend? Is that right? Rutgers has hit 1,000 home runs at the start of this year. Uh, so, Yeah, 1,000 minus some. 17. <laughs> Very close. Yes. Yeah. A lot. So, you know, that'll be an interesting matchup this weekend. All right, who do you have? Who's thoroughly in the middle of the pack that we're not talking I'm gonna about? I'm going to talk about Maryland. I want Maryland to be really good, and uh, they're not there yet. They are currently three and, three and five now they've got a series against Penn State so I've got you know them as you know my what to watch for sort of in the next segment too um but they're not playing you know as well as I thought they would and 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 certainly for themselves they're playing without Max, Maxwell Costas which you know is, is a huge loss for them uh not sure how long he's going to be out but he's only played in the first four and then left that uh fourth game against Michigan State um you know, Sean Burke is not playing that bad. I think he has like a 5.4 earned run average, but he's not the shutdown Friday starter that they need him to be. Mm-hmm. Sean Fisher's 0-2 in a couple of starts. He's only thrown six and two-thirds innings. Now, that offense that we keep talking about is, you know, minus Costas, uh, is there. You know, Benjamin Cowles has six home runs on the season. They've got 12 home runs as a team. Uh, but Chris Aline's only batting 200, so we'll see if he can turn it around. So I think Maryland still has the pieces, and maybe this weekend in three games against Penn State, they can sort of jumpstart the season mm-hmm. and get rolling. Uh, so we'll see if they can uh, do that. All right, we've mentioned a couple of things uh, ahead this weekend already that we'll be looking at. Uh, of course, we will uh, literally, as we do, be watching Purdue and Indiana. We'll see if Indiana can continue its role, see if the Boilermakers uh, can strike back a little bit here and. Uh, the really difficult schedule that the Boilermakers have to start this season. The one pod is at Michigan, correct? Michigan, Illinois, Michigan. and Michigan State are there? Yes. Um, so that'll be an interesting rotation between three pretty good teams, Mich- uh, it seems it, like. Michigan, better competition, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm interested about Illinois. I, I don't know, you know. What is what is Illinois? Yeah. I, you know, they've got so many new pieces from the last couple of years. That'll be something to watch for. Uh, what else you got? Uh, just an overall. Most of the teams are going back to the to the three game series. Yeah. Um, so, you know, watching for that. You know, there's no no more four game sweeps at least. Uh, um, at least against the same team. Yeah. You know. So uh, and then Maryland. You know, looking for Maryland to to sort of get a jump start on the season, and, and then uh, again Michigan against probably some better competition. Will they keep it up? Yeah. Um, All right. Sounds good. It'll be a good weekend. Looking forward to it. Uh, promotion support. We get your stuff together there. I know there's no fans this year, so we'll have to wait another year. A dizzy bad race is not COVID friendly. <sighs> no. All right. That'll do it. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Uh, download and listen. Do all that cool stuff. 
Uh, and we'll be back again uh, next week with our next podcast uh, for Drew Charters. I'm Kyle Charters. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Yeah!